Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Today on First Lady and Friends, we had a really important discussion with friends Brian Garrett, Rob Matheny, Tiffany Wall, and her son Braden Wall. Rob and Brian talk about their journey of coming out as gay and navigating friends, family, and coworkers, their acceptance levels, and how they help mentor youth to decrease suicide. Tiffany and Braden shared their story and how parents can really show love and continue to support each other and who their children really are. Let's get proximate. Welcome to First Lady and Friends. We are really um, excited to have my dear friends here. Uh, and I hope they will be your dear friends when we when we finish. I know they will be. Um, Brian Garrett and Rob Matheny, and um, we we talked last week about um, Pride Month, and we want to kind of continue that conversation today. We have uh, in, in our in our previous podcast we had um, Richard Osler, and he said if you want to know. Um, and and hear and, and and understand the LGBT community. Um, stop talking to straight people. So we <laughs> we are here today um, to follow his advice. And we have um, Brian and Rob, who are have have been dear friends of mine for many years now, and uh, they are married and have been married. Two years on Monday. Two, oh, happy anniversary. Thanks. thanks. Um, and so they're here to talk about more um, around these issues and, and their experiences. So let's let's start. Um, I know we have a hard time getting Brian to talk much. So Wow. <laughs> and it starts already. <laughs> but, um, I, you know, Rob is, is an oversharer in a lot of ways. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. I love Robert, but I'm always trying to get him to, to talk a little bit more. He talks in private. Um, pull things out and, 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 and get some, some background there. But let's, let's talk about just families, um, background, um, where are you from, where you grew up, your families of origin, your, you know, your, your current family. Uh, what's going on? Okay, I guess I'll start. Um, so I'm Rob. I came from a very LDS family, five sisters. Born in Canada, moved to Gilbert, Arizona, and then to Linden, Utah, Midway, Utah. So um, did most of my schooling, my undergraduate in Utah. And currently- Where? uh, Utah Valley. Oh, okay. Very cool. Yeah. Um, Master's in Arizona. So I've kind of been between Utah and Arizona most of my life. 
And currently, I teach. I'm a college um, instructor for the health sciences and a member of the Utah National Guard. Yeah. Brian. I'm the silent one. I'm the quiet one. You are silent, but you just, <laughs> we want to hear you. I'm Brian. I uh, uh, was raised in primarily in Orem and in southern Utah, Beaver, Cedar, a uh, little time in Parowan, kind of bounced around down there. My dad had a little job, ADD. And uh, uh, after high school, enlisted in the Air Force, was active duty for three years, and then switched over to the reserves and now Air National Guard. And I've been doing that for about 35 years. And then I work for the state of Utah in the Department of Veterans and Military Affairs and oversee the military affairs program there. And we had such a fun um, experience a few weeks ago where we went on one of these. Tell us about those, those flights that we do. The, the air refueling ride. So our KC-135s, we went out over the test and training range and refueled F-35s from Hill Air Force Base. And, you know, they fly in 20 feet underneath the airplane with a with a boom that comes out the back and connects to them and puts gas in them at 400 miles an hour. It's it's a lot of fun, isn't it? It was so much fun. And they had to pry me out. They're like, Abby – you really need to give other people a chance to get down in there and mess around with the boom and stuff. One of the boom operators like, she's the first lady. I said, just tell her. She'll move. She's nice. She's, she's done. the first lady. <laughs> she's taking the governor's time. She's okay. No, it was actually really, really fun. Well, so we're glad you got to come. Really we're glad fun. You, got, you and the governor got to come. It was really cool. So let's let's talk about um, your, your story. Um, tell us sort of – Maybe background on you know your your journey through this life and and where you guys are at. You want me to start? <laughs> I'm the quiet one today. Remember? <laughs> sure. So as I alluded um, before, grew up very LDS and um, have a wonderful family. And just for years, from a young age, even I kind of knew I was a little bit different and. It was a struggle growing up in a faith that kind of taught you that's not who you should exactly be or that's not exactly right. So took many years of kind of self-struggling of who I was, a little bit of an identity crisis, kind of living in the closet, so to speak. And it took a lot of time for me to figure out that and who I was and how to live a genuine life. Um, I came out probably four years ago, and it it wasn't an easy process. Yeah. It was um, quite the struggle because as you're coming out, you fear the worst. You fear that people aren't going to talk to you anymore, that you could possibly lose your job, that your life is just going to get flipped upside down. And so it took a lot of years to kind of wrap your head around that and get ready for that. Um Luckily, I found somebody, Brian, in a perfect time in my life to kind of pull me out of some of the darker periods of my life. And I was able to get that confidence to finally come out and be an authentic version of me. Um, And it's still not easy to this day. There's still some struggles, um, but it has gone a lot better. And that's kind of the mantra a lot of people would say is it does get better. Um, would you like to know <laughs> anything else? I know. I would say, Brian, do you, I mean, you had a different journey. Yeah. For very sure. different. You know, I would describe my journey as, is 
I could see a couple walking down the street and find them both attractive. And mm. you know, was married to to um, to women twice. I have two ex wives. I have two kids with my my first wife. Um, both my boys are in their early twenties now. And uh, um, you know, after my second marriage, I, I just began this journey and and kind of got to a point. I, I was just going to let my life go where my life went, and and not fight one way or the other, just let it be. And he and I met and clicked and instant chemistry and and uh, then then became the process of coming out. Yeah. And and you know, as Rob kind of alluded to, you for me and I and I know, you know, he's the same way, you, you make this mental list of all the people that when they find out, they're gonna shut you out of their life and you begin to mentally prepare yourself for that with family in particular and uh, you know that that was that was rough that was tough um, you know going through that and then just holding your breath to see what the response would be and waiting you know waiting for the backlash and and let me ask you this because we, we've had this conversation but um, you you make this list and then and then do the expectations meet what you had in your head? Do we, is it worst case scenario? Were you overly optimistic or were you overly pessimistic? What, what did your list end up looking like versus what you had in your head? Uh, for me, I planned for the worst. I kind of made the mental list of most people are going to be gone, particularly family, or never want to speak to me again. Um, it was surprising. For family, it was hard. It took them a little bit longer to come along because even for myself, it took years to rationalize I was gay. And for them to rationalize and come to terms with it too, I knew it was going to take time. Um, but on the friends' side, it was quite surprising. A lot of people came out very supportive, and it surprised me. I had one friend in particular who he was at the top of my list. I thought there was going to be ridicule, never talk to me again. Because he was connected to a lot of my other friends. And when I told him, he got mad at me. And he got mad at me for not telling him sooner. And was one of the most supportive friends. So I was pleasantly surprised on a lot of people, actually. Mm-hmm. I, I was the same. I, I, I think the two that stick out the most for me are my dad and my aunt. My aunt is just about eight years older than I am. And she's like my big sister. And we're incredibly close. And... and but she's always she's also um, very devout in her Christian beliefs, um, as was my dad and um, you know my stepdad and my sister as well. And I, I went fifty percent on the four. You know my aunt was phenomenal. She was one of our biggest allies and advocates with the family. And my dad, uh, you know, he struggled a little bit, um, but really tried and then eventually he just fell in love with Rob and now he likes Rob better than than uh, he likes me and, <laughs> and you know my dad and I are actually closer than we've ever been because I, I get to be my authentic self I don't have to worry about my little secret mm. getting in the way now and um, my stepdad unfortunately you know 35 years married to my mom were not welcome mm. and, and my sister the same but when you when you look beyond that at just all the love and support that we've felt and found from just places we did not see coming, um, 
it's okay. It's okay. Talk a little bit about your experience. You you talked about, you know, Rob, you talked about worrying about losing your job. Um, uh, you guys are both military. Um, I think there's a lot of stereotypes around um, the military as being maybe less supportive of the, of the gay community or, or of somebody coming out while they're, you know, active duty and, and these kinds of things. Um, tell me your experiences, both of you about being in the military and, and, and those kinds of things that are these stereotypes true? Are they not true? What, what was your experience? He, well, I'll lead because he actually joined after he was out. So, you know, I grew up in the don't ask, don't tell era. So that was part of what weighed on my mind is, is if, if I lived my authentic self, my military career was over. And, um, of course, 10 years ago, this past year, you know, this past December, uh, that went away and I was really apprehensive. I was in line for a, a very senior promotion on the enlisted side in the Air Guard. And the day I was supposed to interview for the job, he and I were having uh, a bagel and who walks in but the general that I was interviewing with for the job. And and uh, so I interviewed and she called and said, you know, I want to offer you the job. And I told her we needed to talk. I was on – I'll come to your office. And I shut the door and I said, you need to know. And she just looked at me and said, so do you want the job or not? <laughs> I don't care. Do you want the job or not? And, and you know, really from there, it was still difficult. Um, but I think the thing with the military is, is, is uh, because of our values and those types of things, um, there's just no tolerance for it. There's no tolerance for the bad behavior and, or, or people being disrespectful. You know, respect is big in the military. And it's really been um, – it's been a non-issue. You know, it's been a non-issue. I think that would surprise a lot of people. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Rob, do, do you – I mean, you talked about – I mean, you're, you're, you're a professor. You teach. Um, was there any backlash? Did you – did anything happen? Was there any repercussions? Um, on the civilian side, no. Half your class not. showed up at the wedding. Yeah, oh, that's at the amazing. Um, and they're very supportive. Um, the military side, so I got the intro through, that was a lot of our first public events together. We went yeah. to a few different military banquets and he would introduce me as first boyfriend, then fiance, then eventually husband. And some people double took, did double takes, but... Um, very supportive, absolutely supportive. I mean, the guard prides itself in being family. We always say the guard is family, and it absolutely is. And I just was welcomed in with open arms. And like Brian said, military doesn't put up with any less than respectful behavior. They might have had a checkered past with different LGBT rights, um, but they've made up for it. And they're absolutely striving to push diversity. We're on a diversity and inclusion council, and it's absolutely on the priority list for a lot of leadership. Um, we have 20 or 30 people meet at 6 o'clock on a Sunday morning yeah. for wow. our diversity council. Our diversity council. Yeah. Wow. Um, the stereotype is still a little bit alive and well. There, are, We do know some different airmen and soldiers that are still closeted because um, there's – 
still scared about like the promotion process because a lot of promotions you have to go in front of a board or senior leadership has to sign off on it or choose you. So there is still some fear and it's just the coming out process. You always expect the worst, but there are kind of checks in place where they can't discriminate based off those things now. Yeah. You you just said something, Rob, that that reminded me of a conversation we've had previously, too, is you said the coming out process and you guys have both kind of alluded to it as a process. And um, talk about that process a little bit. It never ends. It it, it never ends. I I mean, it's you you go to an event. What does your wife do? Well, my husband and and. Um, it, it, it's it's yeah, it's a constant. Yeah, it's sort of Rob. Did you is that your experience too as well? It is. Um, people just kind of have those expectations, like Brian said. Um, but would you, would you like to know a specific story of the yeah. process of coming out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my it again took years to wrap my hand around it, and I knew the family wouldn't take it well immediately. So I drafted up a very carefully scripted email and <laughs> knew that that was kind of the best way to do it from afar because I was still in school at Arizona. So there's a distance bubble there. Um, so I sent the email and I turned off my phone for a day because I knew there was going to be some backlash. Wow. You, I didn't, you turned off your phone. Mm-hmm. That's like not ready to deal. No, because okay. uh, there was – there was a backlash. It was very difficult for my family being very LDS and that's not to knock on them. It was just the belief system and the expectations because there was almost a spiritual death, if you will, in the family because of it. And it, it took a while for some members of my family and it was very hard. There were some terse words um, exchanged, but some of my sister's, were very supportive and helped champion for me behind the scenes and kind of rally the other family members. And it's taken a while, but we're invited to dinners now. They'll come over for dinners and events. And we become the gunkles. Yeah, the, the gunkles. That's and my we favorite. Give the best Christmas presents. <laughs> we're told. So. There's there can still be some awkwardness at times. It's not something that's openly discussed, um, but it's there. Yeah. Um. And did you have us, I mean, you've, again, just over and over again, the kind yeah, of... You know, I'll go back to my dad. He he was shocked in the beginning, but never, never lashed out. And he kept saying, you know, I've always loved you even when I haven't supported your choices. And I kind of let it go for a while. And finally, one day, I just, I stopped him and I said, Dad, answer a question for me when did you choose to be straight? And there was a big, long pause. And he said, well, I didn't. And I said, exactly. Because who would choose what comes with this and the complications that come in with your life, the potential for scorn, the potential for discrimination, you know, who who would choose this? And uh, it was the last time he said it. Yeah. It was the last time he said it. Um, I love that. We want to keep talking about um, this idea. There's some words um, that, that we want to talk about, and we'll continue the conversation. We'll be right back. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. 
And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with um, Brian and Rob, and we are talking about words. Um, words matter. And um, and I think we live in a world where it's kind of gone back and forth to where people sometimes push back on words because they, they're afraid and they're, t- they're, they're worried. And so sometimes they give up yeah. um, on on choosing the right words. But I, I I don't think it has to be that complicated. Do you? <laughs> what, what are words? Yeah, what are words well, I, that, that... Well, I mean... Phrases, I, I ideas... Hit on, I hit on choice. Yes, yeah. You know, choice, choice, preference. Um, preference. Um, Lifestyle kind of rubs me the wrong way. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I think with me, I've always appreciated when, when someone has come at it from the standpoint of help me understand. I don't want to offend. Um, you know, I had an experience like that, not knowing the difference between black and African-American. Okay. You yeah. know, it's as dumb as simple as, as that was. And I, and I asked someone one day, please help me explain because I, I hear both. And I think if people would just um, be proximal yeah. and, and just ask from a, from a place of understanding um, or if, you know – Someone takes a minute to say, please, you know, preference is not not the best. You know, it, it strikes a nerve with people. Uh, and be understanding of that and not be offended. I think we could just make so much progress. Yeah. Yeah. What are some other phrases that you think people should know about or or that are that are hard or that are hurtful? Oh I mean the 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 F word is like the N word, yeah. Honestly, um, it, it's there's no place for it. It's completely inappropriate, and and should be erased from our our vocabulary. Okay. Yeah, I think that I think as we again, it's that when we know better, we do better. Yeah. So I love that idea of coming at it from a from a point of understanding of listening, actually listening to people yeah. and their feelings Absolutely. and getting proximate. So. Um, we we often talk about the increased suicide rate among our. I hope we're talking about it. Um, I want to talk about. We it. need to keep. We need to keep talking. Yeah, about let it. let's talk about it. The the increased suicide rates in our LGBTQ plus community. Um, you're you both have done some work with some organizations that are trying to combat this. Um, let's first talk about. Um, what what's what's the data? What what do you know? What do we know about um, about the data? And then maybe how these organizations and how we as family members, friends, um, community members can 
can maybe turn that on its head and make make sure those things aren't happening. There's some great data out there. The state actually funded a study that the Pride Center did with the Department of Human Services where they looked at suicidality in, in the LGBT community, and the numbers are pretty staggering. Um, the, the LGBT community is, on a whole is two times more likely to commit suicide than their straight counterparts. Um, for for those kids that, that have a bad coming out experience and lose their family support, that can go as high as eight times more likely to be uh, suicidal. When you start looking at some of the school-age children, and I wish I could remember some of these numbers better, but the, the numbers are staggering. And they're numbers that, that we need to pay attention to, uh, you know, with, with our kids and with our youth. We, we have challenges in Utah with suicides anyway. And, and I feel like, you know, the youth suicide um, situation with the LGBT community is, is something that, that we really want to pay attention to. And that's part of the reason why Rob and I got involved with Encircle um, to, to try and, and be in a place to do what we can to, to help the youth and to help the youth see that there's love and there's opportunity and you can have a great life and you can meet you know, someone that you just completes your life in every way. Um, and uh, there's hope out there. Mm. One of the big statistics that kind of skewed in favor um, was when somebody had a supportive member in their life. Yeah. It changed the numbers quite a bit, and that's one of the biggest things in Circle tries to push for is give these kids a support group, and there's professional help there as well. And just having a friend or two, a family member or two, makes all the difference in the world. Talk to me a little bit, and I know that not everyone's familiar with Encircle and mm-hmm. sort of their mission and their um, the, the their their structure and what and what they do. So, talk a little bit about what an organization like Encircle is doing. So, their motto is "No sides, only love." They um, will. They've purchased a few old historic homes and they've gone in and remodeled and refurnished them through donations. And they make it a community center for teens, young adults, and their parents. And they'll have friendship circles, which is kind of like a group therapy. They don't like to use the word therapy per se to describe that because it's um, just an open sharing and friendship building, trust building, and way for them to talk about their feelings in a group setting. They also have um, psychological help with different counselors. And they can work through insurances, but they also have, through donations, the ability to never turn away anybody that needs help. And they also have a lot of parent groups as well. So when a person comes out, their parents come out too in a way, so to speak. So for them to be able to sit around a table with other parents that have gone through similar experiences, it helps them learn what to say, what not to say, how to handle it a little bit better, hopefully. To, to mitigate those really traumatic experiences so that we're not increasing their rate of suicide ideation. And well, and they've got some great resources on their webpage. They have a library with some booklets that, uh, you know, they're not long reads, but they're great information. You know, one of them is the ally within, how to be a good ally, how to be a good friend, like, you know, Rob was talking about. Uh, one of my favorites that 
oftentimes we get parents that will come to us, especially in, in the military. Hey, my kid just came out and I don't know what to do. And they have a booklet, uh, A Parent's Guide When Kids Come Out, and it's phenomenal. I mean, it, it talks about the do's and don'ts. It talks about uh, affirming language that parents need to use with their kids and things not to say um, to, to set the kids back in their progress. Uh, you know, they have others that talk about can someone's sexual orientation be changed from a science standpoint? Um, there's one that talks the uh, um, the science versus dogma of homosexuality and just great quick, easy read resource materials really for anybody. And they're, they're, they're free on its circles website. Mama dragons uh, is another one that another phenomenal group that does a lot of great work um, with kids, you know, and supportive kids. And it's largely the parents. And then of course the pride center, you know, supports uh, the LGBT community as a whole, the allies, um, you know, they, the pride center does some, some great work as well in support of the community. Uh, in Circle, um, they have a home in Salt Lake, they have a home in Provo, they have one in St. George, and they're in the process of building eight more homes across the Intermountain West and, and just really doing some amazing work, life-saving work. We had an airman uh, come to us last fall whose, whose daughter, um, he felt her suicide was imminent. He didn't know what to do and he needed help. And we immediately plugged him into In Circle and he and his wife started going to call lunch with Lisa and uh, um, getting help for themselves, got their daughter in for the help that the, the daughter needed with the therapist. And he told me right before Christmas, about a week before Christmas, he said, I want you to know my wife and I had resigned ourselves to the fact that we expected our daughter to be dead by Christmas because oh, she was so suicidal. And and Circle changed our lives. And it's those moments that... For us, because we've talked about it, I'll take the ridicule to to touch that family, you know, our next door neighbor, Um, you know, to to touch that family, be able to help that family and and point them to a resource that's healthy and affirming and supportive to, to maybe save more of these children like that. There's, um, Obviously, I live in a rural area. You've spent time in a rural area growing up. Um, is there a difference between sort of somebody coming out as as living in a rural area versus an urban area? Do you see that? Uh, it, it's pretty significant. Um, and, you know, we have friends that, that I went to high school with that, that have come out, you know, a couple of reached out after the fact and uh, you know when we talked the lived experience uh, it, it's significantly it's significantly different it's you know it's obviously smaller and people know everybody and everything and and are very in, intertwined in each other's lives which make it even more um, difficult for those kids uh, and even adults to be able to um, live that that life that they want. I, I think one of the saving graces for Rob and I is we met six weeks before he we went to Arizona to work on his master's degree. So the first year we were together, I was constantly going down to Phoenix to see him. And people knew I was going to Phoenix, but 
I had a girlfriend down there, but they surprised. Um, and but we could go down there and just be. We didn't have to worry about running into someone that we know. Where you know, in our rural communities, I, I think sometimes they they tend to stay in the closet longer and, and bury themselves. Well, in the we're in each and, other's business. Yeah, yeah, no, it, and and everybody's related, and, yes, and even indeed. if they're not related, they've known each other for you know generations, yes. and, and and it's wonderful. It's a wonderful environment to live in, and 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 I you know I loved my time in rural Utah, but it, I think it's it's much much different there. Yeah, for the LGBT yeah. Community. Well, and I've seen that with my kids and their friends who are in the LGBTQ community, um, and yeah, it, I think it can be. Just another layer, maybe, of of hard, yeah. Um, that that comes with it. Um, let's tell me about um, uh, what is what does an allyship look like? I mean, we're we're on this end. I'm on this end. Um, I we're getting proximate because. And again, I've known you for a lot of years, yeah. but but part of the reason we got to know each other was because of the <clears throat> the impact. I get to call him Spencer. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, that his Orlando speech had, and to see him um, expose his soul, and even um, be accountable for maybe some things he did or said in the past that. Um, he wished he would have done differently was was impactful. That's allyship. That's 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 allyship. When someone comes out, Rob, what what are what are the best ways? I mean, I just literally had my daughter have an experience where one of her friends came out to her. Um, what are what do you think are ways? What are phrases? What are words? What are are there any words? Do you just listen? What's what's the best way? If I'm an ally, I'm, I'm somebody that's been been part of this person's life, and they've shared this part of who they are with me. What what's my next steps? I'm just thinking about some of the more impactful things people said to me when I came out. Um, a few friends sit, would call me or send me a text or email, and just say, "Hey, I, I heard this doesn't change a thing, and I love you." Simple uh-huh. as that. Um, being there for them, letting them know you're there for them, just be able to talk to. And that was the biggest thing for me because, again, you expect the worst. You expect things to change. People look at you differently or talk to you differently. And when people just would reach out and say, hey, you know, I still love you. Yeah. You know, well, I want to meet Brian. And yeah. <laughs> that meant the world to me. So. Uh, yeah, we, we talk about this. You know, this is this is our topic of conversation today. But it's not everything about you. It's one thing about you, right? <laughs> so well, it's, Mama Dragons, this quote came out and I found it. It's, it's like being left-handed. Some people are. Most people aren't. Nobody really knows why. It's not right or wrong. It's just the way it is. And, and th- this is just a subset of of who we are, but service members we you know serve our our fellow um citizens not only in a military capacity but me and my my role you know working for the state we're teachers we're you know police officers firefighters we're, we're everywhere in the community we're we're 
really no we're no different than anyone else other than we're two guys that go home together you know and and have a life together which our neighbor keeps tabs on all the advantages to that like someone to help put up the christmas lights in the winter and you know some some of those stereotypical male female role kind of things of you yelled at us one year of how mad he was that you know it was a bonus that I had somebody to help me put up the Christmas lights. Say, I know that I know the stereotypes. I I don't yeah. know if shopping is one of them because yeah. I would assume maybe shopping is good. Yeah. I, don't know. I do hear you he get the it. best gifts. He, oh, he hates, still hates. He hates it. He's he not a shopper. It. I can loiter forever, but he hates it. Just don't ask us to decorate. No, <laughs> no, oh no, no. Talk a little bit about some of those stereotypes. Uh, I mean, uh, it, are they? They can be offensive, I oh, assume. They yeah, they, they absolutely. I, the one that that someone asked us. Um, so you know, as a as a gay couple, who assumes the male role and who assumes the the female? Who's the husband and who's the wife? And we're like, what? Well, I've heard that you know that's no, it's not the case. You know, he cooks because he's phenomenal. I do the dishes. You know, we both have things that 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 we just do in the relationship. But there, yeah, there's some stereotype there, and it's yeah. almost it's almost funny. Yeah, you know? <laughs> the misconceptions yeah. that come yeah. come out that you're like, yeah. wait a minute, what? So on that same note, I've had somebody come up to me directly and said, "So which one's the effeminate one, and which one's the butch?" And it kind of caught me off guard because it's that stereotype and. It's 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 more about exposure. Some people just genuinely don't know, and there's kind of that ignorance versus maleficence. Yeah. And once people get to understand or know somebody that is gay, it's less of an issue, and you can start having those conversations openly and honestly, and then a lot of the stereotypes kind of get squashed. You have an experience with that, with somebody being close to you that had the stereotypes then later i have have one of my best friends now um you know it's his perspective of the gay community is what you see at pride and which is a great celebration but it's not how we live our lives every day and um you know over time he had a situation where we were going to a basketball game he and his wife and rob and i just like couples do right and uh he made a comment that he was gone with me and his his, my partner or my husband and his friend made a snide comment about he said he told me later he said for the first time in my life it angered me Mm -hmm. he said i was angry because he said that about my friend um and i think that's allyship absolutely it's 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 standing up and saying no actually that's not okay yeah and i think rallying around um our friends, because they're our friends. You well, would we, do that with any of your friends if somebody was trying to hurt them. Yeah. I Absolutely. mean, we just, like anyone else, we want to love, we want to be loved, and get as many laps around the big red rock as we can. That And that sense of belonging is powerful, and I think yeah. that's what we're talking about with these youth. So um, we have so enjoyed our conversation here together with, with Brian and Rob, and I thank you my friends for no, for being you. here and um we're going to continue this conversation with one of our mamas 
and and her son who, who mama bear that one. <laughs> she's a mama bear yes yeah, she is but we love her <laughs> we love her because she's a mama bear um but anyway we'll we'll be right back Welcome back to First Lady and Friends. Um, to right now, we, we've we've been talking to Rob and Brian. Um, I wanted to bring in a couple of my other dear friends, um, Tiffany Wall and her son Braden Wall. Um, Tiffany, tell us about who you are, what you do. How do we know each other? <laughs> well, I am Governor Cox's assistant and scheduler, so I. Tell him what he does all day long. <laughs> I say, go here, go here. And, you know, so I just try to take manage his schedule and make sure he's on track for the day and keep him keep him going. And that's a, like a super brief part of what you do, because <laughs> we all know that she not only runs his life, she keeps us all on track and does actually some amazing work in the office and and throughout the state. So thank, thank you. you for being here. It'll be- and then, Brayden, introduce yourself. I'm Brayden. <laughs> I'm Tiffany's son. Um, I'm also a state employee. I work in the Department of Technology Services. So, yeah. And you grew up where? West Bountiful. Okay. So yeah. here in the state. And, yep. and tell me about your family, too. I mean, you obviously have a wonderful, fabulous, <laughs> incredible mother. Yeah. Um, just an older brother. He's... 25, six, <laughs> and then just my dad. And you're 21? Just barely turned 21, April okay. 5th. Okay. Oh. A while ago, Happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's um, so great to have you guys here. And the reason that I invited you here is because we're talking about LGBTQ issues. We're talking about understanding and getting proximate and um, Rob and Brian talked about different experiences of coming out and the different reactions. And um, Brayden, you came out. Tell tell us a little bit about your your story. Um, I've kind of always known since I was like in about I'd say like second third grade is kind of when I was like oh okay yeah I like guys not girls okay. <laughs> and um for the longest time i didn't really want to come out i just was kind of like the way i viewed it was i'd rather just eventually just bring someone around just like how i guess you could say straight people just they bring their girlfriend around or their boyfriend around like that's what i wanted to do and i realized like putting people in that situation of just randomly bringing a guy around would be a little weird maybe for some people and it kind of be like oh like what the heck so it's kind of the reason I was like okay maybe I I should come out and I didn't really know how to come out for the longest time and I didn't like to me like I've always like I said I've always thought like oh I'll just grow up and it'll naturally work itself out but the older I got the more I learned about LGBT and that community and everything. So I came out in so- my so- sophomore year. I, I, I think it was between my sophomore and junior year. Okay. And I came out to a couple friends then. I had come out to a few friends in junior high, but it was very 
like discreet and no one really, I think everyone kind of always known or knew growing up and stuff. Everyone was just kind of waiting for me to like actually like publicly like come out and like confirm that I was. And the way I came out to my family was I was, it was my very first job. I was working at American Eagle. <laughs> um, I was driving home from work and out of the blue, I don't even know what made me do it. I, I, it was just like something took control of me and I just called my mom and they were in, I think they were in bed mm-hmm. and kind of woke them up and I was like, so like, I have something to tell you guys, like, <laughs> don't really know how else to put this, but I'm gay. Hope be you're good with it. Minutes. I'll be home in five minutes. <laughs> and that's about how the conversation went. And I hung up the phone. And after I was just like driving home and like kind of started crying and thinking like, what did I just do? Like, whoa, <laughs> like yeah. that just happened. Like, and they were, I got home that night and I, you guys got out of bed. I think, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of just kind of talked about it and for the longest, I mean, I've always known like they wouldn't really care like we've always had we've had um we've had cousins who have come out gay or lesbian or whatnot and so like they and my parents have friends that are gay and so it's like it never really I never really thought it would be a bad experience and lucky enough for me that I've never had any bad experiences with it it's always been good experiences, even coming out to friends and like other relatives and family members. And I knew my parents would be okay with it and my brother would be okay with it. It was more my dad's side of the family who were more religious and stuff like that. And I was a little hesitant on telling them. Some of them I thought would take it a little more the word harsher than negative take it in more of like a negative way and for the longest time I didn't even want to tell them I didn't care if their kids knew and stuff like that um because I knew they'd be okay with it I think it was just the fear of them not being okay with it and not having them in my life and it's like it'd be really awkward and stuff going to family events and like stuff like that and like when you come out whether it's a good experience or a bad experience, you have to give those people that you come out to time. You got to give them time to process it and to fully understand it and kind of let them look into it and learn about the LGBT community because it's, I mean, it's not, it's, I mean, it's okay to be gay and like, it's okay to be part of the LGBT community, but For me, I just, I just don't like the fact that you have to come out mm. publicly and like say it. Yeah. I just so hopefully it gets to the point. I hope the world gets to a point one day where you just grow up as who you are and you bring who you want around. And I mean, that's I mean, growing up, everyone just assumes you're straight, straight yeah. and it's not always the case for a lot of people, especially in my generation it's people aren't afraid to come out oh there's still a lot of people afraid to come out but it's more and more people are coming out nowadays because they're not as nervous or as afraid yeah yeah so you talked about you 
you said you you didn't have any worries that your parents would would have a negative reaction or that you would have issues or that they would you know have issues with with who you are and and you think they probably kind of you talked about how you you think they probably had had an idea yeah i think i i mean definitely i think like all my friends and family and family friends they've all always known i've i mean i've been asked multiple times by friends and just straight up are you gay well they'll it's almost like they're afraid to say it because i think they're nervous to say it but a lot of people just it doesn't bother some people just to ask and it's like it doesn't bother me that people just come up to you and ask like are you gay i i mean i'm okay with that but i mean it takes a lot of courage just to ask somebody that that's not like a right and do you think that's i mean that's probably i don't know that everybody would feel the way you do like if maybe well i guess if you're not if you haven't come out or if you're afraid do you i mean i don't i mean i don't know i mean if i was straight and someone came up to me and was like hey are you can i ask you a question can i talk to you like i was just curious are you gay bisexual I've just kind of always had that thought and I mean, I'd be okay with it. Like I, I think it's for those people who do come up and they're not afraid to ask you those questions. In a place of love, right? Yeah. I I, I mean, I I find that's a very brave thing to do mm -hmm. to ask someone. And I, I respect, I, for me, I kind of respect that. So. Interesting. So, Tiff, let's talk about, um, obviously, your reaction was probably what we hoped for. for, for our, we, we talked with Rob and Brian about um, the su- suicide rate and, and that support. And even if you have just a little bit of support, how, how precipitous that suicide rate in our LGBTQ community falls, mm-hmm. even with just a little bit of, I love you, support yeah so for my myself and my husband and our older son like brain said we we suspected but we also wanted to respect his privacy and let him tell his story in his own time because i want him to be comfortable who he is and growing up in you know kind of a smaller town bountiful's not really big but it's it can be pretty judgmental and um, I wanted to obviously protect him at every turn I could, but also there's a time and a place that you you have to just kind of let them run with it. And when Braden, the night he drove home and said, hey, uh, I'll be home in five minutes. P.S. I'm gay. I was like, <laughs> okay, this is it. Here we go. You know? And so I like told my husband, it's time. It was like, we're having another baby. I was like, oh my gosh, it's time. I'm so excited, you know? (laughs) And so we like, we flew out of bed and we were just waiting for him to walk through the door. And I, I think that's probably the most proud I've ever been because he was only 16. I think he had known for a long time. It just had to, he had to have that moment. And I think he had to just get it over with. It's like ripping off the Band-Aid. Let's just get it done. It's out in the open. I'm great. You're great. Great, you know? And obviously it's not always the best um, scenario because as a parent, my husband and I 
worry because there are some really mean people out there. Um, and so you just you want to protect him. But at the same time, you want to let him be him and just go for it. Have a great life. That's well, I would think that's how all parents would want their, their kids to be. Just enjoy your life and have fun. Love who you want. I don't I don't care as long as you are happy. As long as you find a partner that is going to going to compliment you and encourage you and to protect and enjoy your life together, you know. So for us, Brayden knew when he was young. We knew probably around fourth grade that he was gay, but in due time he came to his own you know, realization, and we thought uh, when he's ready, he'll figure it out. And then when he did decide to tell family and friends, he was very selective of who he, who he told first and how he told people, and it took him about six months to get through everyone he wanted to in his mental brain. He was like, okay, grandparents, check. Aunts and uncles, check. Cousins, you know. <laughs> so I think he had a mental list. It was a process. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a process. And I think... For my husband and I, we took a, our, our cue from him. We we said to him, you tell us when you want us to step in and when you want us to step out. When you want to tell somebody, we are right there with you 100%. But if you're not ready, you just, when you are, give us a sign. We'll be there. And I think for, for the most part um, in our families, everybody has been accepting. Uh, even Braden said his my, my husband's family is uh, LDS, and he was worried about how what they would think and what their reaction is. And honestly, they were amazing. They're very protective of, over him still to this day. And, you know, it, it's been a smooth ride. Not saying there's not been a bump here and there. I think he had a bad experience with one friend in particular. But other than that, I, he's he's an easygoing kid. He... He gets along with so many people, and I, I'm one proud mom. That's that's what it boils down to for me. So that's incredible. Um, I want to continue this conversation and keep talking about this idea of parents. I love where you've, I love your reaction, and I love, um, the focus on who he is just as a person. It's. It's beautiful, and I think we can all learn from that. But I want to continue the conversation. We'll be right back. We're back with Tiff and Brayden. We're talking about um, Brayden's journey in um, and and your journey as a family coming out and and being a part of this community. And Tiff, I want to talk about you. You, this seemed easy. Um, you know, looking at from my end, obviously, mm-hmm. it, I'm positive nothing in parenting is easy. <laughs> it's definitely not in the handbook. Yeah, so. <laughs> nobody, <laughs> nobody wrote that one in. Nope. Nope. Um, but how did you get to a place? Again, I I, I think there's a lot of um, religious pressure. There's a lot of cultural pressure. Um, for. for for expectations um, and this idea of, of sort of we, we as parents have these expectations of our children. And in a lot of ways, we, we sort of hold them up as trophies. And I think, you know, in our, our previous segments, Rob was talking about the, the difficulty in his parents and, and the difference. And I, I, it's, it's really stark, the things that he talked about and the, and, the, and the really difficult things that were said to him versus what you just explained 
um, and your just absolute love of, of, of your son and not even begin to change that. And, and so how did you get there? Honestly, I don't even know how to explain it because he's my baby. There's no, you love him from the moment he is born until the the moment of your last breath. So for me, there was never a a conscious thought like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Reality is he is my trophy. Like he is an amazing human being. And I think his, his heart and generosity that he shows people speaks volumes and being gay doesn't define him. Yeah. It just doesn't. He, that's just part of him. It's a great part of him. And I'm proud of that. And I think for our family in particular, I have an older son he is cowboy, rodeo kid through and through. And so Brain was a little nervous about that because, you know, it's just a different lifestyle. But our oldest son, uh, Logan, is when he came out to Logan, he, they both literally stood in my front room and hugged for nonstop for 15 minutes. Both mm-hmm. of them were crying. And the, and the only thing Braden was just like, do you still love me? And Logan was like, oh, my gosh, dude, are you kidding me? I love you. There's nothing will ever change. And he said, just find a partner that likes to ride horses. <laughs> I love that. And that was kind of it. As It's just never been a question. So I think it's, to me, in an odd way, it is a weird question to say, how do you come to terms with that? Because he's your kid. How, how do you not come to terms with it? How do you mm-hmm. not just accept them and love them and and want their happiness. I don't, I, it sounds dumb, but it was easy. Mm-hmm. Not to say our whole life has been easy because there has been hard moments. Um, I'm probably a little overprotective. Jay Braden says I'm a little overprotective, but <laughs> it's out of love and concern because, you know, there's people who prey on, on vulnerable, on other people. And if they have a vulnerable moment or they meet somebody who wants to take advantage of them, but that's with any kid gay or straight that's just not a gay kid thing so again i it probably sounds silly when i say it out loud but there was no coming to terms it just it's just what you do you're a mom and a dad and a brother who love your kid and brother no matter what so sorry that's probably not the greatest explanation for most parents but yeah again you love them from the moment you're they're born until the moment of your last breath regardless of of who they love. Yeah. So. That's perfect. Braden, we talked with Robin Brain about um, this idea of coming out. We, we have this sort of thing where we're like, hey, moments of, of coming out um, like it's some grand moment. Um, and I think in some ways it is. But talk about this idea of coming out and coming out and coming out again and again and again. <clears throat> Yeah, it's never an ending and it's a never ending situation. I mean, it's you meet new friends, you have to come out to them eventually. You don't have to, but I mean, you want, if you want to be your true self around them, don't hide the fact that you are because there's no, there's nothing wrong with, like I said, being gay earlier. I mean, whether you meet new family or dis or distant family that you really have never met before or 
new co-workers. friends or coworkers. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a, it's a never-ending process, and you're always going to have good experiences with it and bad experiences with it. I mean, you don't know how people are going to react, but. It's, you, I don't know. It's. <laughs> <laughs> is it hard each time, or does it get easier each time you're coming out, or is it? For me, just I guess what it's, it is. For me, I guess it's just I've done it so many times that it it doesn't really phase me anymore, and I've just kind of gotten to the point where if someone doesn't like it, they don't like it, and I just try to keep that person or that group of people out of my life. If they don't like it, then they have their own thoughts and opinions on that and everyone is entitled to their own opinion if you don't like it you don't like it but you can't change who you are and like it's not like a it's not like a choice i don't choose to be gay and i don't think anybody well not think no one chooses to be straight no one chooses to be gay no one chooses to be a lesbian or whatever you want to say but I mean, you are who you are from the day you're born, and you can't change that. So I think, like, I don't know. It's just, (laughs) it's a process. But, I mean, you can't change who you are. You're born the way you are. And don't live your life a lie. Life's too short to live it as a lie. Just live in the moment and be who you are. Yeah. And I think people that maybe come from a place where, you know, they've been ingrained either religiously or, or culturally that this, I mean, I think over the years you, you talked a little bit before when we had a conversation about this generation being more free to be who they are. And, you know, maybe somebody from, from Brian's generation or, or, you know, some of our, Mm -hmm. our folks that have even come out as they've been older you know, talk a little bit about, about, you know, why you think that is. Um, I think the, in certain ways, I guess people just are more free nowadays. There's not as much judgment. It definitely has to do with the generation gap. I mean, mm-hmm. like my mom's generation or um, grandparents grandparents' generations or anything like that they had to deal with a lot <laughs> I mean so much has happened in the past 20, 30, 40, 50 years 60 years and I think a lot of the younger people nowadays have just they don't they don't it's, it's like they don't care I mean it's everyone's just more accepting nowadays and I mean I think older generations, I think, are, I kind of, it's almost like 50-50 in my, in my head. It's half of them are okay with it and don't really care. And some of them are like, oh, like if, for example, like if my grandfather or my grandma was part of the LGBT community when they were 18 or 19 or 21, like I am, they, I think they would honestly probably be almost disowned. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it, they'd be t- such an outcast 
to the community and society. And I just think, like I said earlier, I, over the next few years and stuff, I hope it gets to the point where you don't have to come out. It's, it's not, it's not a label. I mean, it's, it's who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, though the younger generations are more okay with it. I, I think the older generations need to really maybe learn about it more and realize like you, you can't change who you are. And yeah. it's like I said earlier, it's not a choice. You can't, they got to be okay with that. Yeah. And, There's, oh, sorry. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just, we, we talk a little bit about, um, what, what people see and, 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 and these, these stereotypes, um, we, we, I mean, tell me a little bit about the other things about you. <laughs> this is not the only thing about you that's awesome and wonderful. And, and what are the things you do and you like to do? And what are, what are sort of the stereotypes that people just assume that you like to do or that you're all about? Um, I think a lot of people, when they first kind of meet me in like stereotype, I, they just think like, oh, he's, oh, he's gay. Like he's probably into like girly things or like does drag or a lot. Cause a lot of people like, I mean, think like, oh, you're gay. So you do drag. It's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like, let's yeah. take it back a sec. <laughs> like, let's hold on. Like. There are straight guys and stuff out there who do drag for a living. Like, it's just to kind of show and express yourself. And, I mean, I think the stereotypical thought of a guy is, oh, he's going to play sports. He's going to play football or... I don't know where I'm trying to go with this. Yeah, no. Well, <laughs> and well, and Tiff, you we you talked about talk about your your car and your <laughs> what you <laughs> talked to me about yesterday. So when he was in high school, um, it goes back to the you know a, a typical or the people who think is a typical gay guy. You know, we had we had, one day in high school we were he had a track meet, he had a four H uh, competition, he had a choir concert, and then he was in a school play that same. Night and I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I opened my trunk for my car. I had tap shoes, cowboy boots, running shoes. It was. I just thought this is, this, is, this is my life because it's. He enjoys sports. He enjoys singing to musicals. He enjoys singing or not singing, uh, riding his horse. I mean, there's just. It's funny because people are like, "Oh, you know, they're they're very feminine." Yeah. Um. But that, like Brayden said, that's not the case. He. He enjoys all kinds of things, and um, you can't you can't just put him in this little hole and say, "Okay, that's a gay person is this," and there's no other nothing else about them. Yeah. There's so many other endearing qualities that he has, and being gay just happens to be one of them. You know, yeah. he just but he's an excellent horse horseman. He can kick his brother's butt in horse tag, and <laughs> uh, they you know they wrestle. It's, just, it's funny because I I think brain's right. They're like, oh, so do you do drag? Do you dress like a girl? Uh, no. Come on, guys. 
Yeah. There's more to it <laughs> than yeah. that. So yeah. but. no, I think I think that's important again for people to understand, like just really thinking of people as who they are. This is one part of them, but not assuming mm-hmm. um, yeah. so much about people. Yeah. Um, what? Let, let me ask you this: What do you wish people knew, Tiff, about? You know, what do you, what do you, what would you say to somebody, another mom that just had a son or a daughter come out to them? Um, I think f- just love them. I, you loved them before. There's nothing different about them. And you want your kids to be happy. So if they're happy, then what's wrong with this? You know, what's wrong with it? There's a lot of kids who struggle with their sexuality and a lot of parents who struggle even more because of it. But I think at the same time, there's so many great resources out there to tap into, whether you're a parent or you're a, a, a young teen, a, an adult, and just they don't know which way to turn because the support from their family is not maybe the strongest. But the, the support is out there. I, Brian is a great, you know, a good example. Um I've tapped into Brian many times because I've had questions about, you know, if Brayden's going through this, what do I do? You know, how should I handle it? But I think your instinct as a parent is you support them, you love them, and you get them help if they need it. And there's a lot of kids who need that help. And don't 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 deny them their happiness just because they love somebody different than what than who you think they should love. Yeah. I think too. Um, I have a good friend who her, her son is also gay. And at one time she described it as when her son came out, it's almost like you're processing a death and a birth at the same time because you have a child and you have all these expectations for a child. Like they're going to get married. They're going to have children. They're going to get a college education. They're going to have great job. And, you know, there's all these things. It goes back to the trophy thing, you know, and at the same time, you're you're almost mourning that, but then there's so many other exciting things for them. They will, they will get married. They will have children. They will have a great career. You know, there's nothing's changed. There's still that human being that that you had 20 minutes ago before they came out. So for me, it's it's such an exciting experience, and I hope. Most parents, I hope parents in general who are faced with with this, just be accepting and be there, be present, be in the moment and let that kid talk to you until 2 a.m. if they have to. I mean, just be there. That's that's all they want. And maybe they want more than that. I don't know if you tell me. But when he's when he's needing me, I think he tends to come over late at night and we end up talking like two and three hours, one, two in the morning. And it's like, oh, I feel so much better. And and it's mom therapy or dad therapy or big brother therapy. But just just be accepting and include them in, in every every aspect of your life because they're never, ever going to have, you're not going to have that connection if you don't um, embrace your children, no matter who they are. It, it's, it's a breakdown and it's a sad one at that. So... I say hug them as often as you can and and just, you know, enjoy your time with them. Because once they're adults, they kind of go on their own and you're, you're kind of 
waving to him at the door. And and as much as a, my parenting style, I'm maybe overly motherly, but, you know, both of my boys, I want to hug them when I see them and I want to hug them when they go. And that'll never change. Whether you're gay or straight, lesbian, it, it shouldn't change. It should yeah. be your, your mom. Do your mom stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Braden, as we wrap up here, what do you wish – what do you think people get wrong and what do you wish they knew? Um, I think I, I, I wish they knew that. It, it, it's like I said, I mean, people think it's a choice. I, I wish people knew it wasn't a choice and you can't change who you are. And I just wish they – I wish they knew and they could experience what people in the LGBT community have to go through to become who they are and to express who they are and their feelings and their their true self. I mean, it's a roller coaster and I don't think people really understand how big of an emotional, physical, mental toll it takes on people. I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, it's draining and I think people think it's a lot easier and it's like, it, it's really not until you're, until you're in that situation or you're in someone else's shoes and going through that same experience, you will truly understand how hard it is yeah, and short of that we since we can't be in their shoes i think this you being here talking to us letting me get proximate mm-hmm. and really understanding your story is really powerful so thank you so much thank yeah. you tiff thank you for you guys and your in your time and really being vulnerable and sharing your experience with us we're all better for it and um we are just so grateful to to be in your orbit so thanks. thank you for having thank us you. it was a pleasure to be here you can find our friends on social media and uh brayden is at brayden underscore wall 20 tiffany is at tiffany underscore wall both on instagram um encircle is at encircletogether.org and mama dragons at mama dragons.org thanks for being a friend